Hello, everyone, and welcome to Saving Minds, the podcast that uncovers the best of what's happening in the search for treatments for brain diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's. We are your hosts. I'm Shanti Skiffington. And hello, I'm Dr. Elliot Goldstein. Uh, Today, Elliot and I are going to speak with Dr. Joanne Kaplan, a return guest, uh, to learn about several new ways that researchers are attacking ALS, or Lou Gehrig's disease, as well as other protein misfolding diseases. And uh, we've discussed a lot of these protein misfolding diseases in past episodes, uh, most specifically episode 15 with Dr. Larry Walker, if any of our listeners would like to go back and understand some of the basics about these diseases. But for today, uh, we're going to welcome Joanne to learn about some potential new ways to treat them. Uh, Welcome, Joanne. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, We're really glad to have you back. So just to kick things off, can you explain why ALS, which is a protein misfolding disease, can you explain why it's been such a difficult disease for researchers to crack? Yes. So ALS, uh, amyotrophic lateral sclerosis, uh, is a disease where the patients experience uh, a progressive loss of motor neurons. Uh, These are the neurons that control muscles. So the patients gradually lose the ability to walk, eat, or or even breathe. And in rare cases, uh, the disease is inherited where there's a family history But in the majority of cases, 90 to 95%, uh, it is sporadic ALS, meaning that it happens randomly with with no family history, and and the cause is really unclear. Uh, And unfortunately, right now, there are no really effective treatments, but it's a very intense area of research. Uh, It's hard to crack because it's a very complex disease that has many different factors that are involved. There's no single one thing that that you could fix. Uh, It involves inflammation, oxidative stress, and researchers are really tackling it from many different angles. But the most prominent feature of ALS is the presence of toxic misfolded protein aggregates, basically small clumps of proteins that accumulate inside of the motor neurons and then go from neuron to neuron as the disease progresses and killing neurons along the way. And some of the most prominent proteins in these aggregates are now known, and they include SOD1, SOD1, and TDP43, which are believed to really be pathogenic drivers in both the familial inherited form of the disease and the sporadic form of the disease. So we believe that these proteins are prime targets for a treatment. Uh, Elliot here, just jumping in. Joanne, thanks. That was was very clear. Um, So your last statement, these um, clumps, if you like, aggregates, small clumps of misfolded protein, uh, misfolded proteins, uh, clearly a driver of the disease. what about in terms of treatment? Uh, that would imply that perhaps antibodies might be a good approach. Could you tell us a bit more about antibody therapies and, and, and what's going on here? What's new, if anything? Absolutely. So as you say, one way to go after these, these little clumps or protein aggregates is to essentially catch them as they are propagating, jumping from neuron to neuron. And this would be a way to stop progression of the disease. 
And in one approach to do this uh, that we are pursuing at Promise Neurosciences is, is the use of therapeutic antibodies. So the antibodies that you could give to the patients are designed to specifically bind to these misfolded toxic forms of TDP43 or SOD1 and would then keep these proteins from propagating and, and propagating disease. And it is known now that these little aggregates can travel either as, as free little clumps or they can be carried on the surface of exosomes, which are little membrane vesicles that come off of the neurons. But either way, at that stage, they are outside of the neurons where they could be bound up and cleared by antibodies. And we have some early results that show that this approach does work uh, in cell culture and also in a mouse model of ALS where we have tested some of our SOD1 antibodies. Uh, Joanne, I think um, many experts would, would agree um, that attacking uh, these misfolded toxic clumps uh, that exist outside of the neurons, of course, would be um, an, an interesting and, and probably fruitful way to uh, stop the propagation or spreading. What about attacking them from inside the neurons? Uh, could you tell us a bit about that, why that might be a good approach? But how would you do it, say, with something called intrabodies? Could you tell us about that? Very good point. Uh, as we discussed in a, in a previous podcast, uh, the advantage of intrabodies is that they can work intracellularly, meaning inside the cell. Uh, so in this case, what you do is use a gene therapy vector, such as a, a viral vector, to get the gene coding for your intrabody inside of the neuron, where it can be produced from inside the cell and can then target the aggregates at the source. It can cause them to be degraded. It can keep new aggregates from forming, and it could then also prevent any further propagation. Um, in the case of intrabodies, it's, it's very crucial that they be very specific for only the toxic misfolded form of the protein. For example, for TDP43, you do not want to destroy the healthy form of the protein, which is also found inside the neuron, and it's absolutely needed for the neuron to function. Uh, it's challenging, but it can be done. And we have encouraging results uh, with TDP43 intrabodies in cell culture that you can indeed clear aggregates without harming the cell. Well, those those are some exciting early uh, early data. Um, would you see just to close on this section? Would it make sense therapeutically to have a combination therapy, uh, maybe with the external antibody that we would you know would be injected on whatever uh, you know frequency makes sense? coupled with an intrabody? Could you use one at a certain time in the disease and another later, um, et, 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 et cetera? Is, is, is there a reason where the tooth may, two excuse me, would be complementary, intra, intra and extra body, if I can use those, those expressions? Well, and that's a very good point. Uh, obviously, uh, people are, are testing single therapies, but combinations have, have the potential to be even more effective. So where you would be targeting from both angles and maybe even targeting against more than, than one target, different targets. Uh, and, and in that regard, we also have started studying a, a novel target for ALS that is called RAC1, which is also intracellular inside the cell. 
And this is a, a very interesting target because it appears to be what you might call an instigator of aggregation and, and all the dysfunction that then comes from it. Uh, RAC1 co-aggregates with TDP43, uh, other proteins, one called FUS, and, and this clumping results in an overall shutdown of protein synthesis. And of course, the neurons need to be able to make proteins to survive. And what we found is that if you antagonize RAC1 in a cell system, uh, you can inhibit aggregation and you can restore protein synthesis. So that is another promising angle to tackle the disease that could be combined uh, with intrabodies or regular uh, antibody approaches. How interesting. Thank you for that, Joanne. This has been incredibly interesting, Joanne, and so hopeful uh, for the many people who have waited for so long uh, for positive movement. What's the status of these antibody and intrabody and or combination therapies for ALS? How, how far away are we? So there, there is a lot of work going on and the field is moving very fast. But uh, unfortunately, the testing of these therapies typically takes several years. But I want to mention there is a very encouraging development that is taking place right now, which is the implementation of a new way uh, to conduct ALS clinical trials. Uh, researchers at Mass General Hospital in Boston earlier this year received permission from FDA to conduct ALS platform trials where you can test multiple drugs in parallel instead of the traditional way of doing it sequentially, testing just one drug at a time. So this is viewed now as a much more efficient way to conduct ALS trials that, that will save time and make it easier for patients to enroll. And uh, there is very high hopes that, we're, that this will help get answers much faster. That is wonderful. It's, it's always so great to have you on our podcast because you give us such great information, but also um, give us a reason to be hopeful. So thank you for that. Um, Thank you for the information today, and we hope you'll come back and join us again soon. And thank you. That would be my pleasure. Thanks, Joanne. Thank you. 